This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, well, we're going to do just what they just sang to us. We're going to study to show ourselves approved. All right. If you take your Bibles, please, and turn to Daniel chapter 2, verse 37. Daniel chapter 2, verse 37. We're going to continue in uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 37. First of all, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for being a revealing God. It's really true, Lord, that you are God that reveals secrets. And so, Lord, we pray that you would open our hearts now and reveal to us the secret of who the Lord Jesus is. We pray in your precious name, amen. Okay, Daniel chapter two, verse 37, which is Daniel now interpreting this dream when he says, thou, O king, art a king of kings. For the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, strength, glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven hath he given into thine hand and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things. As iron breaketh all these, it shall break in pieces and bruise. Whereas thou sawest the feet and toes part of potter's clay, part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with the miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron, part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong, partly broken, and whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest, the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, that it would break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver and gold. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And 
the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face, worshiped Daniel, commanded that they should offer an oblation, sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou hast reveal the secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many gifts and made him ruler over all the province of Babylon, chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Moving on to the next chapter, chapter three, verse one. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was threescore cubits, breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the princes, the governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. They stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever falleth not down and worship it shall that in that same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of musics, all the people and nations and all the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Okay, now, you remember how our book here, Daniel, it opened up with this, in the second year of the King Nebuchadnezzar, that was the great King Nebuchadnezzar who had a kingdom of Babylon that stretched all the way, just think about this, all the way from Ethiopia to India. And he inherited this kingdom from his father and now it was solidified and it was the most powerful, largest kingdom in the world. I mean, just think of the vastness of it. And the king enjoyed this complete power over it. There was no democracy, there was no, there was no balance of power. All of it resided in this king, Nebuchadnezzar. And so what happened is that the king became very proud, and he was thinking one day about the greatness of his kingdom and how it was going to keep getting greater and greater and that there would be no end to his kingdom. And then he was kind of drunk, he was intoxicated with his own greatness. And what happened is that this pride created a great need in him because God hates pride. And so what happened is that because God is love and God loved Nebuchadnezzar, God met this need of Nebuchadnezzar with a dream. And basically, the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had was that his kingdom was going to be replaced. It was gonna end. And it was gonna be replaced by a second kingdom, a third kingdom, a fourth kingdom. And that's how God deals with pride. This is what he did with Israel. When Israel was going astray, God pleaded with Israel that they would think about the end of their lives, that they would think about their end, and what was gonna happen to them after they died. 
And God said in Deuteronomy 32, 29, pleading with Israel, he said, oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is to consider the truth of Hebrews 9.27. Hebrews 9.27, which says, it's appointed unto men once to die after that, the judgment. And so the true wisdom is to think about what's gonna happen to me after I die. What am I gonna do in the final judgment when I stand before God? And this is the message that God was sending to Nebuchadnezzar to cure him of his pride. And and so now, when we read now in the first verse of chapter three, in chapter three, verse one, and it says, the king made an image. We stop and we say, what? Wait a minute. This can't be the same history of the same person we just read about in chapter two. This is Nebuchadnezzar in chapter two, verse 46. In chapter two, verse 46, where it says, then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face. He worshiped Daniel. And it says in verse 47, he said to Daniel, of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods, a Lord of kings, a revealer of secrets. This is the same Nebuchadnezzar? This is the same Nebuchadnezzar in verse 46 who fell on his face? Is this the same Nebuchadnezzar who honored Daniel as the one who led him to God so much so that he worshiped Daniel? I mean, what's going on now? Why is he now turning his back on everything that Daniel had taught him and making this image? This is the same person who said that God is a God of gods. He was proclaiming that Daniel's God was the only true God over false gods. And so why is it now that he's making this huge false God, this huge image to be worshiped? And it's the same person? Because, and why is he offending God by building this huge idol to take the place of God? Why did he do this? Why did Nebuchadnezzar build this image to be worshiped? What happened to him? As Pastor Jim used to say, what in the world? That's what's going on here. What happened to him? Well, between chapter two, the end of chapter two, and the beginning of chapter three, something happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Something very dramatic, something very terrible happened to him. What was it? And the answer to what happened to him is found in what the Lord Jesus said. In other words, when he spoke in Matthew chapter 13, verse three. In Matthew 13, three, the Lord Jesus was really revealing to us many things, but one of the things, there's an explanation in there of what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar in Matthew 13, three, as it says, he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up, because they had no depth and deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. 
who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the Lord Jesus there, in what he said in that fundamental parable, that parable that was the most important parable that he ever spoke, he, there, was a, there was an explanation in there, an explanation for what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Because the sower went out to sow, and as the sower sowed, the sower had great confidence in the seed. He said, I know this seed has the power to grow. So he scatters it everywhere. And the sower didn't know, he didn't know for 100% if what he was scattering was gonna turn into fruit, was gonna grow or not. But there's one thing he did know, if he didn't scatter, it wasn't gonna grow. So he goes out, he's 100% sure that given the right conditions, his seed is, is gonna produce fruit. And so he throws it everywhere, and some of the seed falls on hard ground, on hard-packed ground, a road. And he watches that seed, and that seed was quickly by the birds that were probably following the sower, and they swooped down. And when the sower saw that, it was almost as if the sower could hear the seed cry out, hey, ground, receive me. I'm vulnerable. I need you to cover me. Protect me from the birds. It was almost as if the sower could hear the seed cry out, hey, birds, leave me alone. I'm, you're robbing me of my life. I'm too young to die. I haven't had a chance to produce fruit and show the world my potential. Don't eat me. And that was very sad for the sower. So he, to, see, to see that, and some of the sower's seed, it fell onto rocky ground where it germinated quickly and produced very impressive plants very rapidly. But what that sower could not see is that under the surface of that ground was rocky ground and there was no sustaining root to keep the plants healthy during harsh times. And those harsh times came and there were the hot winds that blew and those seed in the rocky ground, they had no way to get them water and nutrients from the soil. And then what would happen was almost as if the sower of the seed could hear the, the seed crying out, hey, it's hot, it's hot, I need water, I'm so thirsty, I need water, I'm gonna die. And it was almost as if the sower could hear the rocks in the ground mock the plant and say, water? You need water? You're gonna get no water from me? I have no water to give you. Soon you're gonna dry up and you're gonna become like me. Hard, I have no water, so die, little plant, die. And then the sower saw some of his seed fell onto thorny ground. And when he saw that, the ground was infested with weeds and the plant grew and it had a root. But the plant itself was being invaded by weeds, not just any kind of weeds, these were the climbing weeds, the ones that wrapped themselves around plants. And you could barely see the plant after a while because the climbing weeds had wrapped themselves around the plant. The plant wanted to grow, wanted to grow large and be fruitful, but it was those weeds that were all around it, wrapped around it, they were choking the plant. It was barely alive, certainly didn't produce any fruit. And when the sower could see what happened there to his seed in this climbing thorny weeds that were all around it, it was almost as if the sower could hear the, the seed crying out from the weeds, to crying out to the weeds, hey, don't touch me, don't touch me, stay away from me. It was almost as if he could hear the plant say, hey, what are you doing? Don't wrap yourself around me. I can't breathe. You're choking me. I can't grow. I can't thrive. You're suffocating the life out of me. And that was very sad for the sower to see that, what happened to the, the seed that fell into the thorny ground. 
But then the sower saw something wonderful. He saw that some of his seed, some of it, it landed on good tilled fertile ground. And that ground to the sower just seemed to be just crying out. The ground seemed to be crying out to the seed. The seed, I'll give you the opportunity that you need. Fall into my soft ground. Be comfortably lodged between the the little mounds of good soil here. Receive the water, receive the nutrients. And so the seed sent out its roots and it found the roots could go deep and, and there were no obstacles, no rocks. There were no rocks or stones that blocked the roots and and the plant grew from the roots, totally free to thrive. No weeds wrapping themselves around it. And when the sower saw that, it was almost as if he could, the sower could hear the ground inviting the weeds. They come here, little seed, come here. Come here, little vulnerable seed. Hide yourself in my soil. I'll protect you from the birds. They won't eat you. Come here, little seed. Come here, little seed. You need water, I'll give you water. I've kept water absorbed in my soft soil. It's here for you. Drink, drink, and come here. Come here, feast yourself on the nutrients that I have for you. Come here, grow into a fruitful plant. I know you can't grow and produce fruit without me, and I know that I can't produce fruit without you, so let's make a partnership, and we will produce fruit. And the seed found its home in the soil, and the soil found its purpose as the seed produced the fruit. And that partnership made the the sower feel so good. Well, in that parable of the sower and the seed is found King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, can you guess which soil he's in? What would you say? Thorny. Thorny. You'd say thorny? Maybe there's a debate about it. (laughs) I say rocky ground. Rocky ground because it was the backlash that happened to Nebuchadnezzar that made him the second, I think, made him the second ground person. He is found, I think, in verse five, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up and they had no depthness of earth and when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root, they withered away. In verse 20, where the Lord described it, Matthew 13, 20, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not rooted himself, but dureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he's offended. The rocky ground soil can explain King Nebuchadnezzar because in verse 47, chapter 2, Daniel 2, 47, The king answers Daniel and makes this great proclamation of a truth. It is that your God is a God of gods and a king of kings. But then in the start of chapter three, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. Now, when the Lord said in this parable about the seed and the stony ground, he that received the word and anon with joy he that heard the word and not with joy receiveth it, King Nebuchadnezzar heard the word. When he gave this answer, when Daniel gave the answer to the king in Daniel 2.27, Daniel 2.27, which says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king hath demanded 
cannot the wise men, the astrologers, magicians, soothsayers show unto the king, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. Nebuchadnezzar is the same that heareth the word. And that word was what Daniel said, that the secret cannot the wise men uh, reveal. And King Nebuchadnezzar was the same that heard that word, and when he heard that, he believed Daniel that this world of idols that he was living in had no value to him, no value to him. The king heard Daniel when he said the word cannot. It's just like the Bible teaches about the word cannot in John 4.13, John 4.13, where Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. The king heard the word of Daniel, cannot, and he knew, like that woman knew, this world cannot satisfy the thirst in his soul, that only God can satisfy that. The king Nebuchadnezzar knew the truth that the Lord spoke, that God spoke in Isaiah 55.2, Isaiah 55.2, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Because the king heard the word cannot from Daniel, the king knew that he couldn't get that full feeling from his world. He couldn't get that fulfilling feeling that satisfies the hunger of the soul. Only God can do that. The king knew the truth of Psalm 49.7. Psalm 49.7, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give God a ransom for him this word cannot was so important to the king that he knew that his world of idols could not redeem his soul, could not pay for his sins, could not remove his sins and give him a real ransom for his soul. When the Lord Jesus essentially said the word cannot when he gave this word in Mark 8.36, Mark 8.36, where the Lord Jesus says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That word cannot that Daniel spoke could speak of this world cannot keep the soul from being lost. Only God can do that. King Nebuchadnezzar knew the truth of Isaiah 57.20, Isaiah 57.20, where it says, the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose wires cast up, waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. He heard this word. King Nebuchadnezzar heard this word, cannot, and he knew that he could not get rest for his soul in his world of idols. He knew the truth of Job 9, 30, Job 9, verse 30, where Job says, if I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch. Job 14, 4, Job 14, 4, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one. The king heard the word cannot from Daniel, and he knew he had no ability to clean his heart from the defilements of his sins. Only God could do that. And the king knew the truth of Isaiah 64, 6. Isaiah 64, 6. We are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf, our iniquities have taken us away like the wind. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.